Let's get it. Don't be alarmed if I get try and get a pick mid-record. Okay. All righty. All righty. Yeah, when you're ready. Cool. Um, let me just turn up on alarm switch off at nine o'clock. I'll turn it off. Right, here we go. Nice. Oh, okay. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the weekly freestyle season five, episode five, with myself, Tom Dean, and my co-host Alex Sutton, who's just dusting off a J2O. What flavour was that? Just quickly. Uh, orange passion fruit. Classic, really. Orange and passion fruit. So that must have gone down an absolute treat. Alex, Alex how are you? Um, got the J2O, got the bit of golf on as well? Yeah, I, I, wasn't, I wasn't sure if I was going to tell you because I thought you might be um, feel a bit sad that I had the golf on in the background. But it's okay. I know you're a man off to my own heart. So the, yeah. you know, the volume's not on. I'm fully focused on the podcast. And yeah, I've yeah, actually yeah. done quite a lot of research for this episode um, when we eventually mm. get towards crunch time um but yeah ha- had a good weekend managed to i don't know where we want to start but obviously father's day today so happy yeah. Father's day to all the fathers out there played nine holes with chris and uh brought it back on the last hole with a par to, to take it back from basically i was two down with two to play one yeah. the eighth and the ninth with quite a nice par um but That's it, was, huge. it was a good game good stuff good stuff well i'm betty betty loved getting beaten on father's day um so that's really nice of you to do that for him um so i am for a bit of context for people who don't know i'm actually out in france at the moment i'm in reims um which is where the holding camp before the paris olympic games will be we're just testing out seeing what it's like and so far so good mate mm. the hotel is lovely the food banging the wi-fi is quick this is actually they're, really good they're the three big things the rooms need to be nice the food's got to be banging and the wi-fi's good and once that you know i've stayed in so many hotels over all the years of swimming once mm. those three things are done it just makes your life so much easier so that's good and the pool is lush it's like a it's brand good. new pool oh, banging no. so i'm looking forward to holding camp before paris uh, next year we're here until wednesday and then we fly to rome for seti collie meets uh, i'll be racing on saturday and sunday which exciting them back to the UK on the Monday. So that's how my week's looking. Um, but yeah, like you said, we've got a lot of content to kind of get stuck into here. Um, you know, we've got a few small bits of housekeeping, a few bits of admin, a few people want to thank. Um, Just need to keep on few, top of that. It's important. A few, th- a few things we want to touch on before we get into the kind of the real nitty gritty. Um, because we've got an episode for you that people have just been begging for for months and we finally come with the content that everybody wants see five people on their knees at me just begging literally just praying really because the content we've got is going to have you on the edge of your seat but before we get stuck into that we want to make a few announcements and we want to (laughs) thank yous and things so first of all actually you don't know this but i got stopped alex in the showers of the Bath National Training Centre yeah. swimming pool by someone called Marianne. Okay. Who's messaged us on the Insta, I believe. You know, we I think yeah. you sent me the screenshot. Yeah. Yep. I know. Yeah. Uh, sent a lovely message. Um, listen to the pod. Is in the call room, mate. She's in, She's the, in call the call room. room. Wow. Okay. So, Marianne, very good to have you in the call room with us. Uh, an avid listener, loves the pod, uh, loves the banter that we bring, uh, and really likes how we can kind of bring um slightly uh, foreign and unusual elite sporting concept kind of back down to, to to planet earth which is a credit to yourself is what she said so marianne thank you very much for listening yeah, to all episodes it's brilliant to have you on board and talking about followers and listeners um our social media as always is blown up is it's, it's bouncing do you know what's bouncing hit. do you know the two things in, <laughs> in the world that's bouncing one the cool room always secondly the weekly freak freestyles instagram is just popping up. always always so much so 
that we're about to hit a very, very big milestone. A K, a thousand followers oh. on the weekly freestyle Instagram. Who would have thought? Well, but, but we're but also if you, look, if you look at the ratios as well. I don't want to be that guy, but we've got a strong ratio. Yeah, what is? I mean, I don't think many people can have the kind of ratios that we've got because no. we're coming in with near on a thousand followers and just fifty-two following. Yeah. That's that's you know? kind of like a fourteen-year-old's dream. Yeah, yeah, literally, literally. I remember breaking the big thousand barrier myself. That was huge. I've never. That was there. big. Okay. <laughs> I'm still pushing two hundred. Um, yeah, maybe, but maybe the freestyle add, add those followers to your followers yeah, and then like you'll be like but no we're, we're 38 we're 38 followers off the big 1000 and we're very pleased to announce there will be a very very special giveaway for the thousand uh follower because <laughs> the, the thousand follower the 1000th follower yeah really yeah i yeah. like that yeah i told you that <laughs> this is happening no but what about but the problem is if the, the a thousand follower might never listen listen to an episode they're gonna have listened to an episode they're following the pod surely but what happens if so say you were just a, a person listening to the week's freestyle yeah i just say you were in the call room and then you listen to this episode and then you say to your your good pal mm. i don't know george oh give it a follow george listen to this george never listened to an episode well maybe we could pick one of the thousands i th- yeah i think we'd as soon as it hits that thousand threshold, like all the lights go off, away. and then yeah. everyone's in the game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Something we like that. need cool. we need listeners to like make those extra few connections for us to push us over yeah, the line. Yeah, yeah. Well, talking about connections, how many reviews have we got now? Did you say seventy five on Spotify? Seventy five so, on Spotify. <laughs> Someone also, <laughs> we had a we've had a couple more Apple Podcast review. I think this is good news and bad news, but we've had our first four star review. Okay, can we expose him or her, please? And that was a very good. It was a very good review, though. So four still was, quite good. Not four quite still five. decent. Um, and we did say give it, give it a four or a five. Um, so, but it was a very fair review. Like there was actually no negatives in there, so I wasn't quite sure. You know how we we're missing that last star, but <laughs> there's no negatives. Why didn't you add that extra star? That's what I want to know. Anyway, so I can't quite get my head around. There we go. Something I don't understand. Anyway, so I haven't um, slept the last four nights. Yeah, tossing and turning over that one. Um, But the good news is, our last episode, the Ross Murdoch interview, has had a really, really great response. Thank you so much to everyone who listened. Record numbers. Record numbers. I need to. I need to actually feed feed this back to Ross just about about how much love he got um, and the stories because. I think we, we've said it to ourselves, but that man, he needs a podcast himself. We have been saying for a while that that man needs a podcast. He does. A great storyteller. Um, you know, a, a friendly face. Brilliant. A friendly face. Um, he even told us one or two stories off air, really? uh, which probably couldn't make the pod. But yeah, maybe not. yeah really, really a, a great guy, a great friend of mine, a great athlete and, and a really great guest. I'm sure we'll, we'll yeah. have him on in the future. But I've had so many people stop me and say how good that episode was. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad we got the whole hour in. The content was brilliant, and I'm so so pleased we could tell this story. So Ross, thank you, and thank you to everyone yeah, listening. Yeah, and I just just off the back of that, I think it was interesting having a slightly different perspective as a retired athlete, because when yeah. you when you're in the game as such, um, you're not you're not guarded, but you're you're still live. You know, you might have certain interests to protect or people you're yeah. with, but once you're out of it, you know it's it's a uh, you can just let the river flow. So he, yeah. just, he just said it as it was, which was so, which was so nice. He, yeah, it's been brilliant. He's been showing a lot of the reels on, on the Instagram. So yeah, it's been good stuff. 
it's been good stuff. Anyway, shall we crack on with? What yeah, we got we can. I've still got more list. I want to talk about though because I dipped into WH Smith in Oxford. Uh, of course, say Oxford was looking lovely, but I couldn't find the red bulletin. Is that what it's called? Oh, the red bulletin. Yes, of red course. Bulletin. I think I've had a few people send me photos of it in Heathrow. I think that's okay. the magazine that they sell in Heathrow. It it's quite, it's quite. No, no, they they sell it all over. But um, yeah, shame that Smith didn't didn't stock it. Probably because it just they had all sold. Yeah, all that's right. Actually, that's why you know. So there's. I did wonder shortage. why there was someone out in front of me with a four bags of magazines. So <laughs> I but I will try again this week. I will try again this week because that makes for Brilliant. some good real footage. I've got a really yeah. good real idea for this, but I couldn't quite execute yeah must have been must have been cool for you to have that article uh written about i guess Mm. your ambitions for the years ahead and and i said to you it's it was so in depth and i think it really Mm. it really hit the nail on the head just with your background your interests and yeah looking ahead it was cool so people don't know i was was fortunate enough to be featured on on the cover actually of the Mm. the red bulletin which the magazine the red bull run um and journalists did a real deep dive into my training and my, my hopes for paris and stuff like that you can really tell when a journalist has done their research. You can really tell. And he's spoken to my old coach at length. He's spoken to all the support staff at British Swimming. He was he was brilliant. He was really good. And it makes for a high-quality interview. And he, he painted a great pitch. It's written by Mark Bailey. Mark, Mark thank Bailey. you very much. Because this, awesome. is, this is something we've discussed, and I think we will discuss further, is that journalists, I guess sometimes you need to do a little bit of extra digging to find maybe the interesting stuff to bring a little bit more light to the picture um mm. especially in a sport like swimming but that article there was just so much going on so as you say when yeah when you look behind the the depth i think he even referred to you as like was it like the math olympiad or something like, so yeah people who don't know i did the, actually compete in the math olympiad at school so um i had a few people met not my first radio at the olympics actually double <laughs> double olympian in two different disciplines so has been said um how did but, that go uh, were you because i remember at school oh there's such a funny story but yeah, was it that that thing where every everyone in the year sits down and it's forced yeah. the Olympiad, and then yeah. obviously it gets dwindled down to the, the smart people like yourself. But I remember a story at school. There was this guy who just he just happened to be sitting next to the smartest guy in the year, <laughs> but he was like one of the like he was like bottom set maths kind of thing. But like there are about eight people who got taken through, obviously all <laughs> their stuff, and then it's just this other guy who just happened to be sat near to someone, so he could just copy their answers. He's done well there. He's done well. Yeah, no, I did the I did the Olympiad, and then I competed in um, a few athletics competitions actually as a professional athlete myself. Uh, yeah, it was it was my my real sporting glory days back then. Uh, kind of been downhill since, unfortunately. Uh, but no, great article, really really cool, very yeah, exciting, good. and very fortunate to be featured. Go and read that. Yeah, some cool pictures as well. Um, so yeah, I look forward to the return of the mathlete days. Actually, maybe I don't. Um, but yeah, let's let's move to the kind of the main topic for today. And this is one that we're both excited for, and it's actually sporting infrastructure, which is something we both have a bit of a passion for. Um, this is in terms of, I guess, the the stadiums themselves, um, but also transport, which um, is something we like to focus on a lot. Um, so I've kind of done a little bit of digging and I just want to chat to chat to you, Tom, about the different types of, I guess, events and infrastructure that we have, maybe comparing London 2012, which was obviously 2012, Glasgow's Commonwealth, which <laughs> was that 2013. This is where I need your input. Where was it again? Sorry, what was it? 20, where 20... was it? And when was it? London 2012, where and when? That's what I'm asking myself. 
Imagine, imagine if you asked to volunteer for London 2012 and you turned up in Manchester <laughs> 2014. <laughs> you just rocked up to like Slough last week thinking you're going to watch the game. Yeah, They'd have a nice bit of games, games maker kit though. Glasgow Commies in 2000, you put me off it, was it 13? 14. 14. 14 yeah. And then obviously the big Birmingham Commonwealth Games in 2022. Um, done quite a lot of research on the Birmingham Games. Um, mm. I don't know where we want to start, but obviously I think you could probably compare Birmingham to London because both of these venues were built fresh for the competition. Yeah. Whereas at Glasgow in 2014, they used Tollcross International Swimming Sports Centre, where I think they just increase the the capacity of the uh, the facility from by a, sort of a couple of thousand. Um, so mm. it's quite an interesting place to start in terms of your thoughts on, do you make a completely new um sporting venue which obviously costs a lot or do you think there's more worth in maybe jumping on something that's already there yeah well i've got a lot to say about Birmingham actually but i'll start with london Mm. brand new facility made brilliant best pool in the uk remains arguably the best pool in the uk incredible facility do you know how many times i've swum there since london 2012 oh surely surely it's got two hands you would have thought you would have thought thought every year you know, the trials, the British trials every year, maybe the British Nationals twice a year, yeah. three times. And right. one of them was the, the AP race that I did. One of them was ago. last week. Yeah, literally. So I've done two trials there, 2015 and 2021. Mm-hmm. Trials. And it's like a real shame because it's this incredible facility, but they charge an extortionate amount for British swimming to use it, um, meaning we've been there so, so few times. And considering London was all about inspired generation, There'll yeah. be an entire generation of swimmers that never step foot in that pool. Mm-hmm. And it's an absolute travesty. And it's a real, yeah. real shame because it's such a great facility that it should be written in the legislation that I said this on the pod the other week. This was a real. It is. This was a real week. This the other week. This pool should this be used. It was. You know, it should be used for six yeah. weeks a year, completely free of charge for all British swimmers to be able to have yeah. access to, you know, and, and kids should look up to racing there. That should be the home of swimming. There should be a national centre there. But it's so extortionate that it just gets used for kids' inflatable oh. birthday parties and stuff. Good parties. So, which are the good fun, I've heard. They are good. They are good. My sister went to one, but yeah. But you haven't yourself. I mean, looking yeah. at London from a, a wider perspective, I know that producer Lucy's actually done an extended project qualification on this. I actually spoke to Catherine Granger um, about her project. No way. Quite cool. got Granger. Um, but I believe that London 2012 costs, obviously, please don't take anything we, we say as gospel, but in the range of between nine billion to 15 billion pounds. Um, and that went, according to certain articles, 76% over their original budget. Lord Co, what have you got to say for yourself? <laughs> Lord Co, yeah, he needs to sort himself out a little but, bit. Um, but I was just going to say that. Obviously, that's a lot of money that goes into um, into a games, and obviously, there's a lot more than just the swimming element. Um, and also, one of the articles actually dubbed London 2012 as the like the recession Olympics, because obviously, in mm. 2007 and eight, as we've discussed on the podcast before, um, obviously there was a huge crash. And then, obviously, London are thinking, well, we've got to host one of the biggest sporting events the country's ever seen with hardly hardly any money um but i guess the point i was going to make is obviously that that's a really big headline figure but if you look beyond that and the the impacts they have the the games would have had which is sometimes not always financially um sort of tangible if you look at that east uh east area of london yeah uh, true was is it newham but that the site yeah that that whole area the site that the olympic park was actually built on was 
previous i think it was just wasteland and it would have been mm. toxic wastelands um probably because it would have had industrial use previously so obviously if you've got somewhere that <clears throat> has contamination it costs a lot to redo that uh, make it safe for people to use um and a lot of i guess a lot of homes have been created in, in that east area of london and it has generally um be revamped and there's also that argument about the inspirational side of things where i don't know x amount of people thanks to seeing the brownlees do the triathlon as an example are now inspired and in going doing sport which has so many more tangible benefits mm. um, down the line um, that you can't value so it's i want to i guess make it a fair argument because there are so many articles that are written that say this project costs x amount this is ridiculous but you're never fully going to understand the the full benefits. Um, and I also think this is a this is a broader point that you can make about infrastructure. People are so quick to go up in arms and say, "Oh, you're spending nine billion, you're spending ten billion, you're doing this much on Crossrail." Yes, you have to take a hit at the time, but this mm. is an investment in the next generation and the generation after that. And the, you you can't even begin to imagine the kind of benefits that you'll be getting, not just economical, but in like all different fields. Like, look at um they're doing this train line from like the, the Scandi countries right down into Europe and having to do this insane amount of tunneling. And it's one of the most complex and it's costing so much money, but it's like the amount when you link, you know, the Scandi countries and mainland Europe, the, the economic benefits are just insane. And it's mm -hmm. like, you have to take a hit at the time, be it sporting competition to really help those future generations. So, and, and look, East end of London as is a much not, we were there the other week and it was lovely, yeah. wasn't it? You know, it's a much nicer part of London than it was before. Um, it'll be interesting to see the 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 impact off the back of Birmingham because obviously the pool's in Smethwick. Yes, yeah, it's it's Smethwick area. And just one other thing I was going to say with London is obviously you then have like with the Olympic Stadium, you've now got West Ham in there. Um, and even yeah. even linking to London, that the velodrome I think was actually used for the Commonwealth Games again. So there's yeah, there's so That's much good. going on. But yeah, Smethwick was the venue um, <clears throat> for the Birmingham. Uh, games and that's where the pool the sandwell obviously aquatic center um mm. which was a, a completely new facilities um i think it had i, I can't quite re read my my notes here but something like four thousand capacity and that's mm. going to be cut down obviously because the the events are no longer there but i was quite enjoying reading this because um there was there's a lot of information about what would be built within where these seats used to be so it's saying like there's going to be an outdoor football pitch there's like an there's like an urban kids park there's like a, okay. a gym a, a women's only gym um like spinning class i was thinking like what what else can they fit in here for 73 million yeah. i'm gonna get another country in this pool by the time. <laughs> another pool in a pool yeah um, yeah well obviously that pool famous for the birmingham commonwealth games but famous for also having don't act like you know me yeah pummel out Blasting of all the speakers out. Uh, in that probably that really whole shook the uh, the foundation. Probably, probably. Um, no, no. That that obviously happened when we won one of our medals, and and you request that, Alex. But no, the 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 pool it is in a slightly more deprived area of Birmingham. I think that's fair to say, Smethwick. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, not one of the higher end parts of that city. Um, a long way from the village. The the interesting thing about the commune, I don't know if you know, is originally supposed to be Durban, South Africa, and then what at the last, last... minute. 2022 yeah mm. we were supposed to be going to south africa the last minute they pulled out and it was a very last minute bid between birmingham and liverpool ah uh, yeah this does, this does ring bell ring a bell actually not even you know, i was doing post olympics um talks and they were still saying or maybe it was around the time of the olympics and they're still saying all oh, birmingham and liverpool but 
So it was really last minute, which meant we were in uni accommodation. We mm. weren't even staying in the athlete village. There was no village. It was just yeah. the Birmingham University campus. Mate, I was staying in some pretty scatty first year accommodation. <laughs> like Mate, was, some of the stuff that would have gone in that room that you stayed in. I don't I don't want to think about it. Some of the stuff that did happen in those rooms. <laughs> some some of the oh, equations <laughs> that those students have been working oh, on. Filthy. They will have they will have been deriving hard in those rooms. Yeah, I don't want to think about it. Um but yeah, it was proper, proper like basic. I was like, I'm literally back in first year uni. Mm. Remember your first year uni flat, it was so, so similar to that. Yeah. Um which some was kind of weird. Curtains in mine. Yeah, yeah, they were dead, they were like paper. And there was just, yeah, it was just there was like six lads. And I was sharing like Jimmy Guy, Ben Proud, Adam Peaty, some of the best athletes in the world, sharing two little bathrooms, you know, between all of us. And I'm like, this is Brushing just, your teeth together. I was literally I was in the kitchen, I was like, how many pre's have gone on in this kitchen? It's so scatty. Anyway, um nice though. Good fun. Yeah, I actually loved bad. it. I really not enjoyed bad. it. But um a really long way from the pool, 45 minute yeah. bus there and back, yeah. which was just killer after the late finals. Back. You're getting back and so late. late. Um, and yeah. yeah, maybe we can we can chat about the transport element in a bit. But yeah, and so I, I wanted to come at this the Birmingham and Smethwick pool from a different angle. And it's interesting you mentioned obviously it was a late bid, which is never going to help. But I guess one angle you come at is if you're going to build a facility, build a facility where either it's needed because there are no facilities, or build a facility yeah. there to improve what's already there. Because in Smethwick, obviously it's a it's a suburb well probably inner city area of Birmingham but Smethwick itself has got just under 50,000 people um um so so you could you could argue that that pool is going to serve people um but here's a little question for you how close to the games as in the commies do you think that pool opened because obviously it's not fit for public use just yet because it was it was it was a competition six venue. months it's not open yet that pool hasn't opened wait wait sorry what what do you mean no, so yeah, no, you you were right. It was kind of a little bit of a trick question, but the pool off the back of the Birmingham Commonwealth Games isn't still open. not been used. No, so its opening date is the twenty fourth of July this year. Yeah, which is so a year on basically. Yeah, which is, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, that's not a long time. But you'd hope. Wow. That these so these people, Smethwick, for example, if they hadn't had an interest in the Commonwealth Games, this this building would have been going on for years previous. Obviously, yeah. there's been a lot of disruption in the games, and then even a, a year off the back of the pool, they haven't seen any benefits. Had a quick look at the membership: twenty five pounds a month for a looks like a pretty pretty all inclusive membership, which isn't isn't too bad. Not terrible. No, not terrible. I'd actually it'd be interesting to see whether we race there. I'd mm. love to race there again. I really yeah. liked it. It's not a million miles from Bath either. No, they could host nationals there or trials. Well, no trials next year. Obviously, Olympic trials will be in London, yeah. but it's great to have another world class pool. You know, and and the, actually, uh, it might give Sheffield and British swimming a, something to think about if it's a more vi uh, viable option. Yeah, because Sheffield's um, not great. I'll choose my language. I'm not a fan of pond sports great. personally. Not great. Um, um, it's a bit dilapidated. Yeah, but yeah, it'd give another option. And then just finally on the funding for that, Borough Council spent 28 million of their own money to fund. I think it was that pool. So 28 mil is coming out of the public purse of local what government. The government themselves spent nearly forty million of that, and then the the rest was topped up by um, a couple of other um, groups, including Wolverhampton University. It's quite interesting. No way, that's interesting. So, so what about yourself, from a someone who works for a city council? You know, are you having to work on any big investment, sporting investment projects at the moment? Are you allowed to disclose that kind of information? Um, well, I think the Women's Tour of Britain 
came through Oxford um, last summer, which I think was quite quite a big event for the city. Mm. Um, so that's something I know that a lot of planning went into, but I guess there wasn't too much infrastructure to put into there. Yeah. A lot of the stuff we do, um, Oxford has two football teams, um, one Oxford United playing yellow, and they actually played Arsenal in the FA Cup. Um, so mm. that was quite a big day day out. But weirdly, the Oxford United Stadium only has three stadiums, uh, three stands. So oh, one really? end behind the goal, it's literally just a fence. Really? So there's it's the um, it's quite like it's quite a decent sized ground, but it's yeah, it's just got a fence at the other <laughs> end. <'cause> you just <laughs> never really got round to it. Uh, yeah. But yeah, a lot of the stuff that we do there, and it is actually quite a um, tricky situation. Is they potentially want to move that um elsewhere in the city um due to leases being up so you've got to you've got to then think and i think this will probably lead us nicely onto the transport side of things you've got to think you've got to have the stadium in an area of land what's its impact on the surrounding area mm. and population but also how are you going to get people in and out because that's a real issue that we have in the city yeah yeah um, yeah, yeah well I mean, that's a big thing that you guys are facing at the moment. Have there been any more updates on the 15-minute city? I know that's well, we're not allowed to use that term anymore. Not allowed to use oh, it. Oh, really? Yeah, I think it's got to be really? the movable city now. It can't, it absolutely city. It's been a rebrand. Yeah. <laughs> well, when when we were producing the leaflets for that, I actually, there was just a bit of confusion about whether we, like, on certain terms. So I, I it was actually my fault when we produced, like, 50,000 leaflets and they all had the wrong word on it, yeah. <laughs> which, was pretty, which was pretty tough. Yeah, that's um, deal. Go on, Rachel. Yeah, exactly. But I mean, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting thing. And I think when it comes down to it, probably just to sum up on this topic is you got to look at the cost of things and in terms of yeah. what, how it will, yeah, what the upfront cost is and then how that will, the the, the initial investment will lead to returns in the future uh, in, in many mm. different ways, sometimes not always. Um, just economical, yeah. Exactly. A lot of them will be health as well, which you can't really put a price on that. You uh, can't put a price on health. You know, your body is your number one asset, Health as well, 2023. Health as well. Health as well. And also, but even just simply, so many people say this, but if you have a fitter population or just people who are happier in terms of physical and mental well-being, then that's going to put the NHS under less stress, isn't it? Yeah. Which is a, which is a real, real outgoing. We love the NHS. Yeah, Big fans of the NHS in this pod. Always clapping that. Yeah, and I... <laughs> I guess, I guess the legacy as well is a big thing. But talking of legacy, uh, I thought I think that was a good conversation. Let's let's move yeah. on. Talking of legacy, rate my plate still lives on. <laughs> what a transition! <laughs> We're still here. Boys. Economic health benefits are incredible. Anyway, rate my plate. It's got to be a healthy plate because health as well. Yeah, healthy as well. Um, yeah, let's let's keep this moving. Uh, we've got a little bit of a quick fire to go back to the infrastructure at the end, but I believe I've sent you a few of our entries. Yes. If I'll you wanna, if you wanna get those up, uh, Stephen, if you're listening, uh, he has graduated from the first round, so Stephen is now in the next pot. So we're gonna see who is going to join him after his wonderful chicken katsu curry that he ensured That's us huge. was made by himself. By Not his own by the steps of wagon <laughs> And yeah, we Christ, don't. Is, this, got it is this your missus? So, Jesus. <laughs> so, the first entry we've got is from Anna, my better half, uh, and she has placed up. I think, Tom, you have to help me with this. It's a lovely. So, is this, I'm guessing this is her Instagram, her private Instagram, or something. Yeah, this is. So it's a it's a butternut squash risotto. But do you want to read the caption? Um, okay, the caption's sexy butternut squash risotto. Heart, heart, heart. 
It's all the same colour. It's just one colour. That whole thing's orange. I'm not sure how to feel about that. It looks quite nutritious. Where's the ham? <laughs> Sorry. No, where's the ham? I like how... You see how clean the plate is? Yeah. You scrub that plate with yeah, an inch of Well, you always something. see that in MasterChef, don't you? You always see, like... Yeah, they always they, clean they it, always don't get they? get it ready. Um, it, no, it looks... Have you have you eaten the bus on the spot uh, for yourself? Well... There's a, yeah, there's actually kind of a funny story with that. That was kind of the first meal we had together. Oh no way! <laughs> Did you she cook it? And you no, I, I, I tried. To, I tried to cook it, but I I kind of forgot that the butternut squash needed like um, boiling for a while because obviously it's very hard. So that yeah. and then also because I was a bit nervous at the time with the pan. It had the lid on, and I started pouring hot water on the lid of the pan. Oh no! Oh no! So yeah, not ideal. Delivered um, the good stuff. Yeah, all day. Uh, what all what what do you think you're rating that? Did we rate them? Um, or do we keep it in mind? Let's keep it in mind yeah. until the next. Let's keep it in mind because I want to stay on a good side. <laughs> um, right. Should I go for? Okay, so we've got two videos now. Go, actually, so, go, it, Daniel. It, okay, Daniel? we'll go, Daniel. Yeah, Dan, Dan, Daniel, Daniel, Daniel L. That, this actually looks very Daniel. scrumptious, and there's a lot more. Stir fry made up it. of leftovers, just chucked anything out in the fridge, pepper, chicken, courgette, broccoli, etc. Added honey and soy with the chicken to test it. Didn't taste bad, even if it doesn't look it. Okay, so straight off the bat, love that you're using leftovers because mm. no waste, you know, and we're all about the environment here at the Weekly Freestyle. Um, yeah, he's, he's, he's really chucked in quite a lot. Um, the plate, it looks good. Bit on the watery side. I don't know what <laughs> you're thinking, there, isn't there? but is it soup or is it stir fry? Is my, is my, is my man ever um, heard of a sieve? <laughs> <laughs> Start draining your stir fry, mate, because that is all of it. Uh, a bit, that, of, a bit that, of bread, maybe to mop it up. Or yeah, something, but, that um, looks like one of those meals where you pick it up and then it just it just like falls straight <laughs> off it. <laughs> it's just on the car. You want to get you want to get one of them spoons with the holes in it. I guess you kind of have, but you've still got a lot of liquid on that plate. Um, but you know, all, all for a bit of um. A bit of kind of a last minute stir fry whipped up and we have responded with beautiful stuff heart emoji eyes yeah. so honey and soy great combo really good. that, kind of that granite surface is really attracting my attention as well i'm a big fan and you know tea towel tucked into the uh the worktop handle you know that's that's one of my regular regular <laughs> positions for Ready, the tea towels <laughs> induction hob so True. what more needs to be said daniel's doing well for himself yeah well, um so shout out yeah. daniel thank you thank very you, much thank you for that for the for the messaging um right. now moving on to the video so for people who don't know my little brother william and his best pal alex bacon send each other videos and you started doing this as well alex yeah of their food whenever they've done it with some like cool edits and filming techniques and with a song of their choosing normally quite a heavy drill rap song uh <laughs> over the top of their video footage so i'm gonna go ahead and watch this yeah if you want to talk us through it Okay, so oh, we started. So um, the camera is 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 it's like a POV of the fork. We've, we've got God Save the King playing. Uh, he's going through his garden, uh, following the fork, going down a little garden path, tucking and turning under some bushes. Still going past his pet dog. Very cute looking dog. Oh, he's getting the shake. Your dog's not getting any of this food. Looks like we're going into the kitchen. <laughs> nice conservatory setup here. Down a few steps into the kitchen. Into another kitchen. Sucking, sucking on through the worktops. Uh, kitchen number two. Was that a parking permit some, on the table? It looks like oh, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to go back and look at this. I think there's a parking permit on the okay, table. So we're going back into the kitchen, past sister. I'm guessing that's a parking fine. <laughs> <laughs> gentleman, Alex Bacon's got a parking fine. We're not going for a salad or the chicken. Straight into the cookies. 
He's not yeah. going to cookies. So into the chicken nuggets, missing the chicken nuggets, and he's going in with the main chicken meal. He's sticking in, and that's the end of the video. Alex loved it. That's good. Loved it it, a lot it really tells a story, doesn't one. it? A lot, and he's he's really um he's really uh you know put a lot of time and work into but that. And, if we and look at the plate itself, what are you saying about that key main plate? Because that's where we've got to focus. See, I, the key main plate is looking good. That chicken is looking flavoursome. I like how he sliced it up. Uh, it looks like it's got a bit of um, spice to it. Anna, take notes, because that looks like <laughs> it's actually going to taste of something other than plain rice. But yeah, good salad, nice bit of dressing on it. And look, a whole plate of cookies and chicken nuggets to go alongside it. I'd say a perfect table what goes if there wrong? wasn't a parking permit yeah. on it. So yeah, we that, and Alex, we hope you paid that on time, because obviously if you pay it early, obviously it produces the fee. Yeah, so make sure you pay we know time. you've got paper. <laughs> anyway, um, William Dean's video now. Right, so I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna press play. I think there's a track on this as well. Okay, three, two, one, go. So William Dean's playing Cupid. Oh goodness me, William! It's like Cobb Central. So he's he's panning along massive pile of pasta. A bit of basil's getting dropped on. That was a that was uh, a highlight for me. That he's zooming out. Okay, so it's it's okay. Nowhere near as much production value as went into Alex's. Um, the pasta. It's looking very carb heavy, you know, and the, it looks like a kind of a creamy tomato, big bit of focaccia, red onion focaccia right next to it. But William, mate, you know, you need to, unless you're keeping up that training, I don't know how you are with the A-levels, but you need to rein in on the carbs, mate. There's a lot there. The pounds on a bit, son. There's I'm a bucket of carbs. Into your, I'm not going to be fitting into your Bugsy Malone merch anymore if you keep going through <laughs> the carbs the rate you are. But oh, mate, I, think I'm, I think I'm going to give that to Alex personally. A more nutritious meal, uh, some better footage, some better higher quality cinematography work um sorry william let's go into alex so alex has taken the win um yeah do we think alex i think anna's effort was good but i think we need a bit more on the plate um yeah be considered and a bit more on the plate as in like more food or a smaller plate <laughs> or a smaller plate that looks like an okay starter yeah in an okay restaurant yeah, so as a starter anna that's i think that would probably go for you for the next round but unfortunately this is main courses only so See you later. Daniel, I like the effort. Uh, big fan of using leftovers, like you said. Could probably um, strain just, out a few times. I just think that, that that meal could probably fit a, fit a swimming pool. That's the only issue. You for probably me. don't need a drink of water when you have <laughs> the <dinner>. meal. <laughs> because you just drink the stir so, Sorry, I asked for a drink of water. Yeah, it's in the meal. <laughs> All in one, just get a straw, mate. So, um, and then of the videos, I'm going to give it to Alex Bacon over my, over my brother William, um, and I think he takes the takes the dub. The bacon, bacon one. takes a win. Um, hopefully, Bacon's listening. Um, congratulations! I think that means that Alex and Stephen move through to the next round with the with a very strong entry. So we'll see if this competition continues. We'll see if anyone else wants to send their plates in. Wagamamas versus parking fine. This is going to be a, <laughs> at the moment. Be a this is going to be some thumbnail title when it when it eventually rolls around. <laughs> Hell of a hell of a hell of an app today. Thank you very much to everyone for listening. A uh, bit of a roller coaster. You know, we took you all the way from Rate My Plate to some serious, hard hitting economic infrastructure chat. But thank you all for sticking by. Like we said, big giveaway coming at the thousandth. And without revealing too much, some big steps forward mm, in the podcasting world for us both. Uh, and some huge news that we'll be announcing imminently because wow. it's gonna be a lot of changes going on around here and we're both very excited. So keep tuning in we look forward to taking you on this journey with us this infrastructure journey yeah some infrastructure and yeah keep uh 
keep hitting those reviews and also if you listen do make sure you subscribe on the podcast platforms because yeah, that always yeah, helps yeah. Um, always Tom, you have a good week enjoy france enjoy the champagne region but don't have too much champagne and um, always we'll reconvene same time same place next week thank you very much looking forward to it see you guys see you in a bit and now we can carry on watch the golf <laughs> Ricky yeah, Fowler's boy. still not teed off